Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. The digital revolution is in full swing. It is touching every part of our personal lives, our professional lives, and we're seeing this cut across every industry on Earth, from the ones that are traditionally into all sorts of data and digital stuff to the realms of manufacturing, industrial companies are into this in full swing. And we've got our very good friend and uh, a leading light in that field, Tony Uphoff, who's the CEO of Thomas, to talk about some of that today. But there's got a special, uh, we've got a special sort of wrinkle to add into what's going on today, Tony. So welcome. It's always a pleasure to have you. Hey, Bob, thanks so much. And uh, we're on in the AM, which is normally we are, we tape in the PM. So good morning to you, my friend. Good morning, sir. Good morning. And uh, Tony, interesting times across the, the whole industry that you and Thomas have become enmeshed in over the last several years. And uh, let me just turn it over to you because it sounds like some very interesting things going on in that world for you. Hey, Bob, thanks a lot. And you and I have been joking about uh, <clears throat> my lack of sleep, perhaps over the last several weeks. We uh, are thrilled to announce that uh, Thomas and ThomasNet, our core platform, our company, has been acquired by Zometry. Uh, Zometry is a publicly traded company that fundamentally has a really fast-growing marketplace for on-demand manufacturing services. And so we're thrilled about this. Thomas will become, uh, as of today, is an operating unit of the company. And I, I'd like to talk a little bit about it, Bob, not just to kind of bang the drum on this, but it is really a fascinating um, story that is a market story of, of really dramatic transformation that's happening in the production of physical goods, let's call that manufacturing. But it's also a story about um, relationships and the power of relationships. And, and, you know, maybe I start there, Bob, and we just have a little bit of a conversation because I think so many of your listeners have either been directly involved or, you know, uh, impacted by mergers, acquisitions, transactions. And I think for many of us, if you haven't really been involved in it, you oftentimes wonder, well, how did this happen? Yeah. You know, what, what came together here? Was this just a bunch of bankers or finance types that thought, okay, we buy this guy and then we buy this one. And we're, you know, or, or is there something else at, at play here? And so starting with the relationship side of things, you know, I, as you know, I joined Thomas back in 2017, which um, it's not yet five years ago to the day that I started. It's just about, but, um, and while that's not a long time ago, it, it was a, a much earlier stage in the transition and transformation of Thomas. And relatively early on, one of our key people connected with one of the execs at Zometry online, started a conversation, and that led to Randy Altschuler, who's the CEO of Zometry and founder, um, and myself and a team getting together and just kind of comparing notes about, well, hey, tell us, this is fascinating. How does this on-demand manufacturing marketplace work? And we were particularly interested uh, in it, Bob, because as you know, with the way manufacturing works is it's really populated by a large, very large number of small to medium-sized companies that build out the $3 trillion manufacturing industry. So a procurement manager, an engineer, or what's called an MRO is sourcing products and services on ThomasNet on a regular basis. When they connect with a supplier, oftentimes those small suppliers struggle because they may not have the financial services or the wherewithal to be able to act quickly to take it. Also being able to showcase lead times, pricing and availability 
is a bit of a struggle on the buy sell side dynamic. So when we met Zometry, we thought, what a brilliant idea, because we would get requests from the buyers that use our platform. Hey, can you show us lead times? Can you show us availability? Can you show us pricing on this? And suppliers in many cases wanted to do that, but it was a translation problem. And we thought, gosh, maybe this could be solved through technology. So what started in 2017 as a relationship and partnership where we just kind of you know, went up to the whiteboard and said, hey, do you sort of see the, the you know, out of the windshield of your car, does it kind of look like this to you guys? And you know, we started really quickly finishing the back half of each other's sentences. Mm -hmm. So after those initial conversations, Bob, you know, we, we loved the idea of a partnership. We on the Thomas side were building so much in our roadmap at the time and really revamping our entire development structure that we were, really weren't in a position where I felt comfortable saying, hey, let's do a partnership, we're all set to go because I thought it would be too distracting. But we agreed to stay in touch. Yeah. And, and we did. And through the years, you know, we touch base every once in a while and kind of compare notes. We watch their, you know, growth. They saw our turnaround and growth. And in um, shortly after they went public, uh, Randy Altucher reached out to me again and said, hey, you know, we really like to talk about a more formalized union between the two companies. And Thomas was not for sale. I mean, frankly, even now that we just sold, we're still not for sale, uh, if, you, if you think about it that way. And but Tony, it, just yeah. reminded that Thomas is what, 120 years old? 123 years old. And over the course of that time, Bob, certainly over my time, the company's never been for sale. I don't think officially the company was ever for sale during mm -hmm. that period of time. I'm sure that I, I know I got a ton of reach outs from both private equity and strategics, particularly over the last three years. And so I, I'm making the long preamble here on, on the relationship side of things. But what was then the next fascinating part of it is before any dollars or cents or valuation or any of that kind of stuff was involved, before bankers were involved, before attorneys were involved, we ended up having a series of conversations about strategic fit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Bob, looking back on it, I don't, um, I represent shareholders. I don't speak for shareholders, right? I don't, you know, that's not my responsibility. They speak for themselves. But as we started down the path, that was such a fascinating, if you kind of look at this as, as dissecting how does something actually happen. Had we started, bring in the bankers, bring in the lawyers, and boy, we were represented brilliantly once we got to that stage by bankers and lawyers. But starting with the, well, hey, why, why do you see it? You, you tell us how this all fits together. And those conversations, and a presentation that ultimately was delivered to our executive committee, which were the two co-chairs, two major shareholders of the, uh, representing the families. That was like a pivotal moment where they, we got off that call and they said, wow, th this is end to end. This is kind of, you know, we've looked at, could we build something like that? They've looked at, could they build something like this? And so it, my, my kind of meandering story here, Bob, is really, I think, just um, attempting to illuminate and, and, and share with your, your viewers and listeners that, boy, the relationships matter. Nurture those relationships. Make sure that you are talking to potential strategic partners. Even if you, you go through phases where you're wondering, man, do I take another call with these folks? Is there really revenue on the other end of this thing? Because it, it's remarkable how this turned out and, and what happened. But I think had 
on both sides of that relationship not been nurtured, had the thoughtful, hey, let's talk strategic fit before we start throwing numbers around and all those types of things. Had that not happened, I, I think quite honestly, Bob, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have happened. I think the shareholders would have been like, hey, we're good. Yeah, yeah we got a nice company. We're growing. You know, we'll talk to you guys later. And I, I think that this not that it's a new idea, Bob, but I think oftentimes when you go through this, you just are reminded of the power of those relationships yeah. and and being able to trust in them. And um, Tony, you know, that just speaks to so many different things there. <clears throat> I think it's great how you really, you know, brought all this around. There's incredible technology involved. There's incredible, you know, operational stuff from manufacturing industries in upheaval here. As you said, you know, at the appropriate time, the bankers, lawyers, money, people coming in offering their two cents about it. But it's really about a 124-year-old company. Yeah. And you said the CEO of Zometry is the founder of the company? He is, yeah. And, and Zometry is roughly, don't don't hold me to this, I think it's about an eight-year-old company. So just, you know, yeah. think about that. <clears throat> Coming together here in an industry that you've been such an eloquent spokesperson for about how the manufacturing and industrial stuff, people saying that it's in decline, all that, it's crazy, you know, that... Yeah. Numbers you talk about, those vibrancy, the small things that are coming up and now out of this, it seems like this combination of Thomas and Zometry is going to be an accelerant for all these transformative, yeah. remarkable things. Because you called them an, on, you know, they connect on-demand manufacturers, right? Yeah. And, and you know, they create an on-demand manufacturing uh, marketplace, right? So it, it, wow. it is really kind of remarkable. And if you look at the classic, you know, problem-solving um, you know, strategic um, planning, uh, right? So, you know, what I mean by that is when you when you really think about business, the way the proper way, in my opinion, to think about it is what problem are we solving, mm -hmm. right? Start there because if you're really not solving a scalable and and ongoing challenger problem, eh, you, you probably don't really have a sustainable business there. And I think what Zometry, amongst many things, did brilliantly was spend a lot of time understanding the market dynamics. And they looked at it from both buyer and seller, right? And, you know, they have a two-sided marketplace where they're trying to solve the buyer's problem of connecting, having an understanding of on-demand uh, manufacturing and saving the buyer the complexity of, of having to, to get stuck in a cul-de-sac of how best to communicate with a buyer around price, terms, availability, and those types of things. We obviously complement that, but we're really focused on allowing this, the, uh, the in-market buyer uh, who's sourcing find exactly the right supplier so that it kind of fits together, right? Like, like bookends, the part that, that really, as I got deeper into what problems Zometry was solving that I thought was absolutely fascinating, classic case study of digital transformation. The vast majority of, of uh, suppliers in the manufacturing arena that, that, uh, that, that provide services for Fortune 100, Fortune 1000 companies are small to medium-sized companies. And in, in many cases, let's say, you know, uh, you know, I overuse Boeing. Let's say it's Tesla. Tesla has something they need custom manufactured. Um, oftentimes, small manufacturers, even if they get an RFP or they get a reach out from a company like that, won't return the phone call. And the reason they don't want to do that is because pricing terms, 
um, you know, perhaps it's a, it's a bigger program than they can deal with. On average, when a small manufacturer gets, um, gets a, a, a project, they have to spend as much as 30% of the value on the project on new tools and technology to be able to fulfill it. So what Zometry did just brilliantly is really look at that set of problems and to say, well, gosh, there's a fintech solution here. Okay. Why don't we come up with financial services for that manufacturer where we can help bridge that gap? We'll, we'll finance that first 30% if the manufacturer needs that. Once the uh, products are shipped, we'll actually um, pay them. We'll go ahead so that they don't have to worry about payment terms. We'll go ahead and pay them on the full value of, of uh, that program. They, they charge a banking fee on that, but it's fairly nominal. Hey, Tony, that's an excellent point. I want to come back to that in one second. But first, a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets where automation is paramount yet effortless and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash a game. Um, so it, it, it's a long way of saying, Bob, through the, the, the use of technology today, we can do so many more things to advance. In this case, small to medium manufacturers, they can take on more business now. They can take on more profitable business. They don't have to turn away from oh my gosh, you know, that's a, that's a big company. They're going to stretch us to 120 day payment terms. I can't deal with that. It, it's a game changing opportunity. It really is. And, and I'm, that really resonated with us because our core supplier base is made up of, you know, those small to medium, you know, also large, but small to medium manufacturers. And we live those challenges with them. Yeah. You know, we're helping them through demand generation and connection into in-market buyers. We're helping them run and grow their business. But, you know, heretofore, we kind of have to stop with the challenge of, uh, yeah, it's that big company again. Darn it. Um, okay. You know, there's really, you know, you know it, and we kept kind of looking through that next window of, boy, could we come up with something there? Yeah. So I, I'm just fascinated by, you yeah. know, here we are, Bob, looking at scalable technology that is enabling, in this case, small to medium and large manufacturers and, and helping to grow a market. So you look at this combination, Bob, just in the U.S., as you know, manufacturing is a $3 trillion industry. Um, I look at this union and I, I look at the way investors and others are reacting to this announcement. This has, I think, the potential to really help fuel the growth of that industry. So we use terms like it'll accelerate the digital transformation. But let me translate what that really means. What that means is it will help grow and scale manufacturing in this country, but also around the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony, two things. One, I, I thought when you said that, you know, before Zometry, you could sort of get your clients up to a certain point, And then it's like, oh yeah, the big company thing. And you're stuck, not, not you in particular, but you know the way business moves, uh, the dynamics of markets sometimes get you to a point where the best thing you can say is, well, maybe it won't be as bad as you think it'll be, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, okay. hey, hope, it, hope it works out, go yeah. ahead. Thank yeah. you so yeah. much, yeah, we're thrilled by that. But Tony, the other side of this is um, where I think this serves as such a fabulous example 
is, you know, um, a lot of this stuff, the writing and speaking I'm doing these days, I just, uh, you know, one of the lines I'm using more and more, it's not original at all, but I think it's never been more pertinent is don't blink, right? Um, don't blink. Things are happening, right? The, the rate of change in so many businesses now, it has never been more extreme, right? And the intensity and the, the, the scale of the change and the pace at which that change is happening. So you've got these extremes in the levels of change, the magnitude of the change and the pace at which it's happening. So for you to describe this now as possibly, it's not just a new way, better way, less expensive way to do what you've always done. It's an entirely, you're kicking open the door to things that people have never been able to do before. Yeah. So the small, mid-sized or large business doesn't have to say, oh God, that would be, that'd be a killer contract for us, but we, we just can't do it because yeah, whatever. Well, and Bob, think about it. You and I have talked about this before and your listeners and viewers are very deeply steeped in technology. But you know, if you think about what, what seems like an extraordinary thing to say is that we're witnessing the digital transformation of the production of physical goods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. let that headline sit there for a minute or that sentence sit there for a minute. Yeah. And I think for many of us, <laughs> who were deeply involved in tech and tech transformation, that doesn't seem like an oxymoron. It doesn't seem weird at all. We're, we understand that. But I think to your point, Bob, and we've talked about this before, this is enabling things we couldn't do before. And I think that's the key story, yeah. whether that's the union of Zometry and, and Thomas, um, or, or we see this in other sectors of the marketplace. I think, you know, you, you and I've talked before of, oh gosh, isn't tech great because I can be more efficient. We've wrung out efficiencies, you know, that happened a decade ago, you know, yeah. and, and nobody's gonna get rich by, you know, if I bring another half point of ruthless efficiency out of this, I'll be wealthy one day. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that stuff, come on, that stuff went out a long time ago and not because, you know, companies shouldn't be efficient. I don't mean it that way. What I mean really is, you know, this is exponentially different. Yeah. This is not a small incrementalism. And I think giving companies the ability to punch way, way above weight class, Bob, yeah. in terms of their scale, their resources, their connection into buyers is really certainly what this union is about. But I, I think, you know, the reason it's an interesting story is because I think it is, to your point, Bob, it is um, emblematic of this dramatic um, time of change that we're witnessing. I also think, you know, as I was listening to you talk about don't blink as a business leader, and I just think of just the last five years. And, you know, as you know, I've been, I've been doing this type of work and, and particularly with a focus on digital for quite a while since the early days of the introduction of digital, certainly in media and business information. Um, there's two things I think about a lot. One is that pace of change is just keeps going, you know, faster. Yeah. But also that if you embrace the idea that you could do things differently than, or new things that you didn't before, I find that that pace of change is less frightening. Yeah. I, I hope I'm being clear. You know what I'm saying? In yeah. other words, yeah, yeah. you know, I think some people, when I start talking pace of change, they get a little panicky. Like, yeah. you know, does he tell me it's going to get faster? But you know what? It's funny. It's, it's I think as, we've, as we learn how to harness, harness these technologies, we have access to new and different ways of doing things, perhaps new lines of business, new connections with customers, new things to do, which I, I think makes that, is it fair to say makes that uh, 
pace of change less uh, less frightening. I don't know if that's the right way to think about it, but I, I, I think so, Tony. And what you, as you describe, you know, what the combination of Thomas and Zometry will bring. You know, companies that are able to harness change as a competitive weapon. Yeah. Versus companies that are resistant to it or, or less willing to embrace it. I think those, you know, you're going to have, like you said, those chances to do things you couldn't do before, to get into these bigger bids for things. And Tony, what you said about the capability that these this will bring to companies to punch above their weight, a small mid-sized company, it's exactly parallel to one of the biggest things about the cloud, right? In the traditional technology days, the biggest companies could have the best and most powerful technology that others right. couldn't afford in the cloud. No, everybody can. That, and by the way, Bob, that was your moat. My, my size creates a moat because I can afford to do things that your business can't. You're exactly right. And now a moat is more, it traps the person inside, inside that moat with this false sense of security. And actually what it's doing is isolating them. So Tony, on multiple, multiple fronts, I just think this is, uh, this is remarkable. And it's so interesting of all the stuff we've talked about over the last 25 minutes, the first thing that you chose to speak about was personal relationships, yeah. business relationships, and open-mindedness about what's possible, and to, to think about you know what could be instead of how much. Well, and Bob, to your point, and then look not to to uh, you know sound you know um, egocentric on behalf of Thomas or anything. You know, obviously a, co a company that was in family hands for 124 years had a lot of reach outs. It's been a successful company. We, we've over the last several years put it back into its its next phase of growth and visibility in the industry, and you know I, the you know I, myself along with others in the company would get regular reach outs from either private equity or strategic companies and, and others, and 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 it wasn't you know a that wasn't something we were looking for but but b um, it, it's it's going to sound funny most of those were financial reach outs. Uh -huh. And, and that's okay. Look, I, yeah. we're all in it for dollars and cents. I'm not trying to say that's not a not a, a key thing, but it's not just a family dynamic. But I think because of the family dynamic, there was a, a really strong focus on the why. Why does this? Why would this make sense? Let's yeah. talk about the strategic fit. And I was um, I was so inspired by that, and so honored to be a part of that because. There, there was some very early kind of, hey, we're, we're not for sale. And frankly, this, this will likely go nowhere in the conversation. But I think I heard you say this, this, and this. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> we should talk about that. And, yeah. and so just, to, you know, I, I think myself included, I, I look back over my career and I think oftentimes, particularly when, when I was on the potential acquiring side of a relationship, I probably moved pretty quickly into starting to throw around valuations or numbers or metrics or inquire about numbers or things like that. That was, you know, certainly a leading indicator that I was thinking, aha, you know, we could we could either acquire, or, you know, do some sort of financial transaction. And, and this experience has kind of reminded me that, yeah, that it may end there. But if it starts there, you may end up narrowing the conversation in a way. It yeah. doesn't allow you to really learn as much and find out, hey, is there is there a can is there a DNA connection here or not? Uh -huh. And and it, it, if there if there isn't, that's okay. No harm, no foul. You know, we weren't for sale anyway. So, anyways, it's sort of a 
Forrest Gumpian observation, Bob, that no. relationships matter, but, but it really hit me in this as we've worked, um, you know, worked through it and, and it continues, you know, uh, you know, the, the relationships with that I've got with the folks at Zometry and, you know, all those types of things. It's just been really, really fun to be a part of. All right. Well, Tony, you know, to your Forrest Gump observation, I'll, I'll throw in a Dr. Phil there. It, it seems like, um, you know, there's some self-discovery there too, right? In this, just willing to be open to, uh, to, you know, possibilities or conversations or other things because of uh, us being not in this static world of the past, right? Where efficiency was yeah. the thing, like stuff's not going to change, you know, and there's the big companies over here and the middle-sized ones here and the lower, oh. that's not going to change. So let's be as efficient as we can because everybody's sort of got their own thing. It's almost like a peasant mentality of, you know, there's only so many chickens in the village and, you know, whoever has them has them. It's such a dynamic, you know, companies going in and out. And Tony, I just, I want to think I wrote down, it's, it's not really germane at all to what's going on, but you've described this incredible change in the industrial markets and the role of digital technology that, you know, drive this forward. This still uh, wows me, Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs Financial Cloud for Data. Goldman Sachs now is in the cloud business. So nothing, it seems these days is out of reach or, or impossible, whether it's, am I for sale? Am I not for sale? Could I be acquired and not be acquired? Or yeah. what business am I in? And where do I go? Where's the opportunity? This is out of my reach. This isn't out of my reach. It is such a cool time. So the open-mindedness is the yeah. thing. How cool is that, Bob? And, and good, I'm not making an endorsement on Golden Sachs or, or, or what they're stepping into, but the fact that they technology is enabling their ability to do that, yeah. right? You know, it, it's funny when you were talking, I was, I was visualizing some of our customers, you know, in, in that medium-sized category, and I'm just trying to calculate. I wonder through the years how many deals they couldn't take because of the complexity of either payment terms or, or availability or, or, or what that was, and the game-changing difference of being able to provide them with services that would allow them to take some of that business. And what's that differential from a growth yeah. percentage? Yeah. Is it 20%? Is it 30%? Right? And, and I think if that's great now, take the step that you're describing, what new services can they start to offer? to yes. to buyers as as the world becomes you know more um more built on a foundation of scalable technology so you can reimagine i i you know i i overuse it Bob, shamelessly and our mutual friend um sean amirati's comment that you know digital transformation inevitably leads to business model transformation and i just shamelessly use that almost everywhere but it's 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 popping up in my mind as you and i are talking here yeah. And I think for business leaders, it's, it's an important time to find the ways to look at your business differently so that you can look at new things. And, and you know, <clears throat> I think the age old, you know, we, all of us tend to operate our business from inside out. You know, we're into the, the guts of the operation and we're looking at P&Ls and we're doing critically important. But I think giving you know, given what we, you know, have the opportunity to do, take Goldman Sachs as a good example. If someone in Goldman Sachs didn't take an outside in view of saying, hey, 
looks like this enabling technology could allow us to solve some potential customers' problems by offering a different type of, of service. And is that something we should step into? If they hadn't clearly identified it's a growth market and customers are wrestling with some of these things, some of Goldman's customers perhaps, right? And if they had just had a, you know, all right, you know, this quarter we did X amount and next quarter we got to do Y amount. How many deals are out there? What yeah. new market do we step into? I, I think it's a really, you know, I, I wish them luck in it because I think it, um, it's a great example of innovation powered by, uh, you know, scalable cloud technology. Yeah, wild time, a wild time. Well, Tony, thank you for sharing uh, this remarkable story and congratulations to you, your colleagues, the Zometry, right? Wow. Five year, what, what an adventure you've been on. It has been, Bob, and I want to thank you as well, my friend. You've, uh, you uh, are always uh, such a great supporter and uh, I look forward to uh, ongoing uh, discussions and conversations and to you and to your, uh, to your listeners. Uh, thank you for indulging me today, not only telling our story, but uh, Bit, bit, bit of a, a lack of sleep over the last several weeks uh, <laughs> that might be catching up with me a little bit, but always a great conversation, my friend. It was wonderful, Tony. Thank you so much. And folks, for all of you, thanks for being with us. This is uh, thanks for sharing in this sort of special story here of what's going on in this crazy world of, uh, you know, the new world of uh, digital business, digital manufacturing, digital industrial work. Great stuff, Tony. Thank you, folks. We'll see you again soon.